0: Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com Brewers, it's time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think,
1: Jamil Chef and John Palmer, this
2: is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers
3: and sisters. Greetings, cretins! <laughs> ah, my jean Pomer. How you doing this week? All right. Quite the week we had last week, wasn't it? Yes. Did you have a good time at GABF? I really did. I, um, it's hard to say better than most, but uh, it was nearly so.
2: It was. Uh, you had a better week. time than most, or
3: it was better um, than most weeks? Um, better, better than previous G- GABFs. Oh, yeah. And to what do you attribute that? Um, the, the fact, fact that, that I left a medal a early each night. Yeah.
2: Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, you could go that way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I woke up bright and chipper each morning and ready to mm-hmm. judge another flight.
2: So that is what I have learned from my time at GABF was to. Go to sleep early, get back to the hotel room like 9, 9.30, get all ready, get my myself in my, my footsie jammies, and at 10 o'clock, lights out, go to sleep so I can get up with the crack it on. Now, Bevo, you did the same thing, right? You were just, you didn't drink too much, you didn't have uh, liquid lunches. You, no, uh,
0: I didn't do that at all <laughs> on Saturday.
2: Yes. I, I saw you Saturday. And you were... I'm going
0: to be perfectly honest with you.
2: Yeah, that's... you, you talked the same way there. You, <laughs> I a little slurry,
0: you? didn't it? Um, that second session on Saturday, yeah. I was feeling like a million dollars when it started.
2: Uh-huh. Because yeah. I, uh,
0: I, I did drink my lunch, uh, but I did not drink beer. At the end? I drank hard liquor, huh? so my feet were not hurting. I was happy.
2: No was food. downright <laughs> cuddly. You and Jamie, I don't know.
0: We were having a ball. I love yes. that girl.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep. That seemed like a whole pile of problems there. It was perfect. <laughs> they were having fun. I think I saw you at just the right time. Where you were still feeling great, having a good time. And I'm sure you crashed later.
0: No, I maintained.
2: You maintained? Oh yeah. Well infusions?
0: Yep. A little bit here and there.
2: Well little, little hair of the dog, keep you going. Uh huh. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a good yeah. time. I enjoyed it. I, uh, and the thing I love is talking to, uh, you know, all the, the homebrewers, uh, you know, people that uh, listen to the show, and
3: they come up, and they're like, hey, yeah, will been listening yeah. to you forever. And, I had a uh, good time hanging out in front of your booth with you. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was, that was cool.
2: It was right across from the book signing pavilion, yeah. which made it super easy. I was very mm-hmm. pleased. Hopefully, yeah. we can do that again uh, next year. Was, yeah. Did uh,
3: you know that the the water book was the only book that sold out over the week? Yeah. Did they? What, did they bring like two copies? Well, yeah. It was. It <laughs> was only. They only brought thirty compared to some of the others, but. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it actually sold out. Well, there you so. go. That's good. Yeah. That's. It's uh, a good book. Uh, a lot Thank of
2: great you. information. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and our friend Blickman wasn't there.
3: Ah, no, not this time.
2: Right. But there in spirit, I expect. Sure. Well, and he spends his time going to the AHA conference. That's He's right. He's always there. Lots of new goodies, lots of innovative uh, new products that he comes out with. He uh, puts them there at uh, NHC, and you can see him, touchy feel him, and talk to him and the rest of his crew. And if you can't, I suggest getting yourself over to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com, and uh, they'll they'll post the new stuff up there, too, when it's when it's out. And you can check out a lot of the stuff there. You can ask your local favorite homebrew shop to uh, carry some Blickman gear so you can uh, get it there, too. BlickmanEngineering.com. They're paying for the show, so you don't have to. So at the very least, you could do is uh, check out their website and uh, send them an email at uh, feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. Tell them how much you enjoy the show and the fact that he covers the nut on it. Um, I think Larry uh, made sure that Blickman knew uh, he enjoyed the shows. He sent him a beer and a nice note.
3: I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. John really appreciates all that stuff, too. Absolutely.
2: Well, we got an uh, email in for a show idea. If you uh, have show ideas or questions, show ideas, label them show ideas, send them to uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork dot com. Or if you've got Q and A questions, send a Q and A uh, to Bruce Strong at Network dot com, and we'll. We'll get to your show ideas and questions. This I thought was a, an excellent uh, idea here. Uh, Matt uh, from the U.K., he writes, uh, thank you for all the great information. Very helpful for homebrewers here in the U.K. Please correct me if I am wrong, but I cannot see a Brew Strong episode about esters. It would be good to hear about the different factors involved in ester production, the different types of esters, good and bad, and how to control them. I like to make English ales, but can never seem to create the right esters to clone my favorite beers. Cheers, Matt. Well, John, um, why don't we start off with uh, define for us what an ester is? Uh, sometimes I think you know uh, when we talk about beers and flavors, we're like oh, a lot of esters, or you know, uh, yeah, I think there's yeah. kind of a you know some mystique about what that actually encompasses.
3: Yeah. Well. <clears throat> An ester is an organic compound um, formed from a uh, fatty acid and an alcohol. It contains a carbonyl center, which means it has 120 degree angles between either a, a, cha- a short chain of two carbon atoms and an oxygen atom or an oxygen atom and a, two oxygen atoms and a central carbon atom. In other words, they, they smell fruity. <laughs>
2: They smell fruity. Do they have any other aromas to them other than fruity?
3: Well, um various types of aromas. Um you have uh anything from uh, like a generic fruit, juicy fruit, mm-hmm. um you know, those orange circus peanuts mm-hmm. to uh rose, uh floral uh, esters, um, have some very floral aromas. Mm-hmm. Um you also have um, some stone fruit esters and and peach esters that can uh, arise um, so there's there's a variety of uh, but they 're generally fruity or floral mm-hmm. okay all right, and the
2: process that produces these esters in beer is
3: what well just on uh, the just in general yeah in general mm-hmm. uh, in general. Uh, let me let me say that um, esters are formed by the yeast mm-hmm. they 're part they 're a, a metabolic byproduct of their metabolism mm-hmm. um, and while we 're not totally sure, we feel that one when I say we I mean the scientific community brewing community feels that uh, they 're probably created as a means of uh, getting rid of uh, and detoxifying um, uh, short chain fatty acids mm-hmm. that the yeast create um, as intermediaries when they're uh, going through their growth process. They're during the lag time phase. They're assimilating oxygen. They're creating and synthesizing sterols and other lipids mm-hmm. um, that they need to, you know, live. And um, during that during that synthesis. They will create you know they'll break off pieces of larger fatty acids and create these little short chain ones mm-hmm. which um have are reported to have kind of a detergent like effect on the yeast cell. I'm not really sure what that means, but you know in other words, it seems to interfere with uh some of the metabolic processes across the cell membrane, mm-hmm. so they uh, esterify these fatty acids, combine them with an alcohol molecule, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's ethanol or a fusel alcohol, mm-hmm. and then thereby you know transform them into a non-toxic uh, waste product that they can excrete, and mm-hmm. they just float around, and make it smell fruity. Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, instead of just excreting the alcohol and the short chain esters, which they do anyways, right? Right. Um our short chain uh, fatty acids they uh they excrete these and those can also uh, esterify uh later on at, at some point, can't they?
3: Yeah, they can they can esterify uh, later on as well. Um they need a couple of cofactors to do it. One is called um acetyl coenzyme A, mm-hmm. um which is um well, it takes part in the citric citric acid or Krebs cycle of yeast metabolism. Um, it's kind of one of the energy production uh, pathways. Um, what it does is it transfers some of the carbon chain uh, from the fatty acid to um, uh, the lipid chain that they're creating. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, they can do that at any point. They need um, that acetyl coenzyme A mm-hmm. and also – um, alcohol acetyltransferase, which is one of you know a class of enzymes that uh, you know transfers an acetyl group from the alcohol to the ester molecule. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the part of the creation process of these esters. Mm-hmm. Um, so and um, they can you know the yeast can use. Um, several, one of several different alcohols. Uh, ethanol, of course, is the most common, but there's other alcohols produced by the yeast um, such as isopropanol and isoamyl alcohol and probably a couple others that I really can't name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there, there's a there's a few. And uh, esterification of fusel alcohols is one mechanism that you get occurring in like the aging of uh, old ales, where something that can be a little bit hot can over time mellow a bit Mm -hmm. and develop more esters with with age. Uh, But that's not a terribly fast process Mm -hmm. or a very vigorous process. Okay.
2: Let's do this. Um, Why don't we take a short break? When we come back, I want you to tell me about... Um, that process a little bit more, and and whether oxygen has an effect on that, or temperature, or, any, or anything, or sure. it's just time. All right, yeah. Uh, we'll be back right after this.
0: Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer: the Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built. on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high-temperature march pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The BrewEasy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5-, 10-, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. And make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Grog Tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? GrogTag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? GrogTag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. GrogTag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at GrogTag. Liven up your next party. With the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grogtag. At least your beer will look good. The
1: 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zaneshev's consent is prohibited.
2: Oh yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat, but I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long
1: it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy.
2: Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program.
1: For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer?
0: Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone certification program. We know beer. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong.
2: All right, we're back. Hey, John, have you seen the uh, catalyst from the craft Craft a Brew folks? It's you know, that compact I that conical. Sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it's real compact. Thing will fit on your countertop, fit in your fridge. It's made from a plastic that is over 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastic conicals and 71% less oxygen permeable. And uh, like I said, it's low-profile, pro- got a nice little stand. Again, you can put it on your countertop, you can put it in your fridge. It's cleaning's a breeze because the whole top comes off. You know, like a like a conical. So instead oh, yeah. of, you know, a little port that you need, the entire lid snaps off. And it's got a 3-inch butterfly valve on the bottom, so you can screw in a mason jar and then harvest your yeast that way, right into a sterile uh, mason jar.
3: That's pretty so, handy.
2: Pretty cool. And that the, the my fun fact that I don't think people know is it'll withstand heat so you can you could put in uh you know some hot water and even if you know even though it's ninety percent less uh, scratch uh, scratchable more scratch resistant um
3: then even really if, yeah,
2: you could you could hit it with hot water and uh you know make sure that thing's sanitary anyway so i think that's pretty pretty cool pretty cool product and you can see yeah. it at uh, craftabrew.com. craftabrew dot com all right, so we were talking about esters. We were talking about the uh, formation of esters, and we're, you were talking about uh, things like an old ale. How, and that's that's one of the things that um, I think people are always interested in is you know aging beers and the development of these uh, these esters. And my experience has been that <clears throat> certain beers uh, will esterify and develop these esters, and certain ones won't do it at all. I mean it, yeah. it depends on a lot of other factors than having alcohol and letting it sit. So tell me more about
3: that. Well, um you know esterification is a function of the yeast. So you've got to ha- to get to esterification at any time you've got to have, you know, active yeast cells. And the best way to do that is to, you know, um, you know, good fermentation practice, pitching enough yeast, pitching uh, or aerating the wort sufficiently, having good um, wort nutrients and so on. So there's a lot of factors that will, you know, uh, help the fermentation and keep those yeast active. Um, as I was saying, the, the, uh, the process of ester production is part of their metabolic process, uh, where they're essentially estrifying these fatty acids to detoxify the cell, make them um, you know, non-toxic, um, as they're generating lipids that they need for their, um, their body. Um, and we, we talk a lot as brewers about aeration, you know, the, the yeast need oxygen to synthesize sterols that feed their cell membranes and so on. Well, sterols are actually a class of lipid. And uh, there's a lot of other lipids besides sterols that the yeast um, create during the uh, lag time phase, the adaptation phase of fermentation. And it is actually these lipids that are the limiting step to yeast growth. Every time a yeast cell reproduces, you know, buds and generates a daughter cell, it shares these lipid reserves with the daughter cell. So... Um, after about you know four cell divisions, it's used up uh, almost all of its lipid reserves, and once it has, it can't grow, it can't grow anymore, can't reproduce anymore, and it'll enter what we call the stationary phase when it kind of shuts down and stops uh, most of its fermentation or most of its you know uh, metabolic processes tends to flocculate and settle out. So, um. When we look at uh, the fermentation process and we look at aging of beer, uh, what we want is we want a sufficient number of yeast to be in good health and remain active uh, going into the bottle. Um, maybe some, you know, some micro oxygen, you know, a couple parts per billion or like one part per million or um, tens of parts per billion. Um, you know, in the package that will help uh, uh, help the yeast uh, maintain some level of metabolism, and they will use that oxygen and alcohols in the in the in the beer, uh, remaining fatty acids in the beer to uh, esterify and and those alcohols and uh, produce some additional fruity fl fruit character. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a, it's you know. We're talking about a small number of yeast, um, you know, in the bottle uh, compared to the primary fermentation. So, you know, there is, as as you can probably tell better than I, you know, there is um, a perceptible level of increase in character of the beer. But it's not a huge change, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't think. Mm
2: -hmm. Now, how about in uh, regular fermentation? So some yeast produce... Uh, a lot more esters, and some produce uh, very few. Uh, um, You know, what is it that is causing that to happen?
3: Well, um, I I think you'd have to get down into the genetics of the yeast, and maybe sometime we can have Chris White on the show, and maybe he can address that. But essentially, you know, every yeast strain um, is essentially a subspecies of Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And... Uh, each of them, you know, are are different. Uh, they some yeast strains produce uh, phenols, others do not. Um, some yeast strains have um, are better equipped to ferment uh, maltotriose than others. Um, lager strains tend to do it better than ale strains, and so each each sub strain or each I mean sorry each subspecies or strain of yeast has um, you know uh, preferences in terms of the kinds of sugars that it likes, um, the enzymes that it has, uh, evolved to utilize in the metabolism. And so, um, they will, um, you know, prefer, you know, one type of amino acid over another, uh, one type of alcohol over another, or, or generate one type of alcohol over another. Um, due to that metabolism and so you get you know these subtle variations in what we call yeast character fermentation character as a function of yeast strain um, and that's part of where uh, this differences in ester profile comes from
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think I was going to say something else but I lost my train of thought mm. um <laughs> Let's see. Um. Well, and so
2: with this uh, fermentation and with this production of esters, how I think most important to our listeners is, you know, I think they can read the catalog and and find out which yeasts tend to produce more and which produce less. But within that, there's also some control the brewer has over how much, esters or what kinds of esters, uh, will be produced by given yeast based on what the brewer does. So, uh, the, the listeners are going to want to know that it's like, well, how do I control what kind of esters are produced or how much esters are produced?
3: Right. That's where we're going. Um, so, well, the, the big, the big lever is temperature. It's the throttle, um, you know, you can either go slow or you can go fast in terms of yeast uh, growth rate um, with temperature. Um, but, you know, essentially esters are produced by the yeast uh, is a reaction to stress. So the more stressful the fermentation, uh, the more esters they will produce, you know, trying to you know detoxify um, their environment. And... Um, so you have uh, like almost two classes of e-stress. One would be a famine situation, low nutrients, um, cold temperatures, you know, uh, basically a lack of, of um, be- factors that un- allow them to grow. Mm-hmm. And the other would be uh, a feast situation or an orgy situation where... Now they've got an overabundance of nutrients, an overabundance of oxygen, and maybe an overabundance of temperature, and they're just fermenting like gangbusters and throwing byproducts everywhere. Uh, they'll just tend to generate a lot of esters that way as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, as brewers, you know, we want to look at our fermentation a, little, a bit holistically. You know, what combination of aeration, nutrients. Um, and temperature is going to give us the uh, a more controlled growth, a more repeatable and consistent growth, um, and you know a repeatable ester profile.
2: All right. Well, and um, I've uh, come across uh, brewers that say, "Well, I pitch half as much yeast as is really as needed because I, I really want to stress the yeast out and get them to." Uh, you know, produce more character, more flavor. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I'm always I'm always uh, in the back of my mind going, yeah, that's probably a way to get it to under-attenuate. Um, <laughs> and, you know, stressing the yeast uh, generally produces sulfur as well. So there's yeah. a lot of sulfur that's produced under yeast that are under stress. So uh, I'm always hesitant to, to use that as a control versus – um, you know, just picking the right yeast strain, and then you know fermenting them in more compatible, um, you know, conditions where they where I, I can still be sure that they're going to attenuate fully, you know, not throw off a lot of diacetyl uh, or something else, and right. you know, be a problem in some other way or a lot of sulfur or what have you.
3: Right. I, I think that's that's a good point. I mean, there's enough yeast strains available today. Where you know, under more optimum conditions, more repeatable and consistent conditions, mm-hmm. you can find a strain that'll give you the the ester character you want mm-hmm. without stressing another strain to mm-hmm. do it the same thing mm-hmm. that, well, that, I think that 's pretty reasonable right right
2: well, and what about uh, you know the banana ester that is produced by um, you know some yeast and Sure, and and in particular, what does growth have to do with that? Um, I'd like to talk about that in in just a minute, but I also want to tell you folks about uh, Williams Brewing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with ru- WilliamsBrewing.com, dot com, but oh, yeah. they are a West Coast supplier, and uh, I've bought stuff from them. I, I bought stuff from them all the time. One of the things I really like about them uh, here on the the West Coast is that. Uh, you know they got a vast selection, and when you place your order by 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, weekdays they ship the same day. They get it out that same day. That's like four o'clock in the afternoon, and it still goes out the same day. You get it real, real quick. Um, they, uh, like I said, have prompt delivery. They've been in business since 1979, and they offer uh, some great equipment, fresh ingredients, and uh, excellent customer service. I've always been real, real pleased with them. So, you can uh, check them out. They've got a, a new uh, device called uh, the uh, Brewer's Electric Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater. You plug it in anywhere, and it gives you precisely controlled uh, heated water for strike and sparge water. Endless strike and sparge water. You no, know, no fumes. No second burner, no run and get more propane. Makes your uh, all-grain mash nice and easy, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I want to hear about uh, those, uh, those banana esters in particular right after this. <laughs>
0: Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers. Now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at BrewersPublications.com. back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into
2: beer this is brew strong hey john when you were in uh uh, denver for jbf did you use the uh, aha uh, brew guru yes i did yeah isn't that Uh, awesome app it really is. Yeah, it shows you all the uh, all the places, all the breweries and, and brew pubs and homebrew shops, and yeah. then which ones are given a
3: discount. Oh yeah, it was really useful when I was looking for a quick bite, you know, between shows or mm-hmm. a good place to have a great brew.
2: Yeah, i was surprised at how snappy their uh, their database is. Oh yeah, uh, it reads Fast. that that data directly from the uh, Brewers Association and shows you uh, you know the latest and the greatest. So uh, somebody new signs up uh, and is offering a uh, AHA discount or something. Bing shows right up in your in your app. The app's free. You can get it from uh, all your usual app sources. Um, it also gives you uh, besides money saving deals at uh, homebrew shops and pubs and, and breweries and all that. It gives you this. Uh, they've got some great uh, content in there. It's um, you know some hand picked articles, proven recipes. All for trusted resources uh, from the Brewers Association, Zymergy Magazine. And um, I think it's uh, just a great, great deal. If you're a member, you should be downloading the, the Brew Guru. It, it is worthy of the uh, bits and bytes uh, that it will take up on your phone. Trust me, it's, uh, it's a nice nice app. Nice and stable, very too. Good, yeah. I'm very, very pleased with it. All right, uh, we were talking uh, esters and we were talking about specifically the banana ester. So, what, what is that ester that, that's producing that banana character?
3: Well, that particular ester is uh, amyl acetate. Mm-hmm. And it is um, it's formed from the group B uh, amino acid, uh, which makes up part of the wort fan, the free amino nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made from isoleucine. And that is a. It's a group B amino acid. Um, I should take a take a moment to mention um, that all these different amino acids that occur in wort um, are can be divided into four groups, um, and that these groups are taken up um, at different rates uh, by the yeast. Uh, group A is taken up first, and it consists of some of the very basic amino acids such as, uh, well, arginine, aspergine, aspirate, glutamate, glutamine, lysine, serine, threonine, Uh, but there's also the group B uh, amino acids, and these ones are the ones that are responsible for much of those strong esters that, you know, give a lot of character to the beer. Um, These are histidine, isoleucine, leucine, methionine, valine, and cysteine. Um, and isoleucine uh, is one of the most prevalent amino acids in mm-hmm. the beer. Mm-hmm. Therefore, gives rise to the most esters. It combines with um, the fatty acids and uh, the uh, ethanol mm-hmm. to create uh, isoamyl or amyl acetate, which so it makes it a fairly dominant mm-hmm. character.
2: Now, my understanding is that when the uh, yeast is in its growth mode, when it's growing, um, it's not able to produce the isoamyl acetate. That's one of the things that's limited by that, so that the the theory going, if you pitch too much yeast and they don't go through this growth phase... They or you know limited growth phase, they end up producing more of the isoamyl acetate, or if you go too far in the other direction, they'll produce more isoamyl acetate
3: yeah um i I have not seen uh, I guess definitive uh, arguments one way or another um what the what the papers do talk about is uh for example, that uh, maltose. Seems to produce less esters than the fermentation of glucose, or uh, perhaps more specifically, the fermentation of uh, sucrose and fructose and gluto- glucose. Mm-hmm. Um, different metabolic or different, sorry, different uh, intake mechanism is used between these different sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, malta- maltose is taken into the to the cell directly. Um, and then it's broken down inside the cell into two glucose molecules, Mm -hmm. whereas sucrose is um, broken down outside of the cell by an invertase enzyme that the yeast produces, and then the glucose and fructose are taken in to the cell via a different door Mm -hmm. and metabolized. So something about that process must result in um, slightly different metabolic pathway, mm-hmm. slightly different stress level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really not sure how to explain it.
2: Anymore. Well, and I remember, uh, it was Lynn Kruger that, that first, uh, oh, yeah. was talking about, uh, this, uh, fact of, of fermentation.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, somewhere in that, in that, between that, um, Adaptation phase where they're, you know, doing a lot of uh, lipid synthesis and the high growth phase where they're uh, consuming sugars and producing alcohols and uh, perhaps metabolizing lipids as part of that pro- uh, process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about the citric acid cycle earlier, um, pyruvate and all those. Um, that, uh, you know, that's where they're generating um, a lot of these. Short chain fatty acids that they feel the need to uh, detoxify and and esterify Mm -hmm. um, as part of that process. So yeah, there's um, at some point in the the high growth phase, uh, that's probably where they're producing a lot of these, and maybe and maybe later on um, once they've gotten rid of, you know, uh, there there may be in other words, what I'm trying to say is there may be some sort of priority. Uh, that may be strain dependent on perhaps which esters they actually produce first, mm-hmm. uh, and which esters they actually produce more of. Mm-hmm. It may be at a different point sure. in time.
2: Well, and I think um, you know besides uh, selecting your your yeast strain, besides uh, temperature, uh, and temperature tends to make things go faster or slower. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you know the yeast kind of. My understanding is the yeast kind of shift their priorities in the way that they work under higher temperature than they do under cooler temperature. They they tend to start doing things maybe a little differently. It's, it's right. like, um, you know, those uh, – you would – if you went to a grocery store and you were given, uh, you know, three hours to shop for your food for the week, you'd go through maybe a little more methodical and you'd make, you know, certain choices – if yep. you were given, uh, you know, two minutes yeah. to go in and shop for the week, you'd run in and you didn't have a choice. It was it or, you know, you're going to starve. You'd run in there and you just start throwing things in the cart just to get them in the cart and to get yeah. back out with, you know, enough food to survive. You wouldn't care too much about, you know, am I getting, you know, balanced nutrition? Am I buying the the thing that's the best, you know. Uh, yeah. price, you know, per per serving, uh, yeah. you know, you just slam shit into the cart and go. Yeah, go and
3: for I, high calorie count yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: You just need to stay alive. So uh, the yeast, I think, are very similar in a way to that where, um, you know, if you give them time they, and, you know, temperature is kind of like that clock uh, for them. You know, it's a clock also of, you know, the available nutrients, like you said, uh, the available sugars. Uh, you know how many other people are in the store shopping with them and competing for you know the same foods, right? And um, you know that that can that can make a big difference. So uh, you know pitching rates as well, I think uh, can, yeah. can play an important part. There's, I think it's very forgiving pitching rates. Um, yeah, you know I think the, the danger is going too low. Uh, it's very hard to go too high, and in that middle section. You can go quite a bit lower or quite a bit higher than what would be supposedly ideal, and we're um, really not see a, a radical change in esters ester production. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think wort composition uh, can have as much or more to do with that. Hmm. Um, because one one reason is, is that you know this this order that the yeast consume these amino acids. Um, if you look at You know, a a wort that has um, comparatively low fan levels, Mm -hmm. Um, well, it'll eat through those group A and group B amino acids Mm -hmm. uh, fairly quickly and then start looking at the group C amino acids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And group C, um, you know, has um, some different characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it can have some very, um, very floral characters, in Mm -hmm. fact. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, um, that, can, that can be a feature of mm-hmm. some fermentations that you can produce some, some floral character to That's your beer. That's very
2: interesting because, you know, um, the, you know, meads and things like that very low on free amino nitrogen. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I tended to get more floral character out of meads than, you know, the citrusy fruity. Right, a lot of times. Right. So that's, that's a very that's good example. Uh, how many g- groups are there? You've got A, B, C.
3: Yeah, there's also group D, which mainly consists of proline, mm-hmm. um, and that and that group, uh, proline and similar amino acids, are really only taken up uh, during the aerobic. Um, uh, fermentation if you will mm-hmm. aerobic aerobic metabolism mm-hmm. so we really don't see products from group D in normal beer fermentations mm-hmm. 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 so group C is as kind of far as it goes and those consists of um alanine ammonia glycine phenylalanine tyrosine and tryptophan um so you know oh,
2: like like the turkey
3: yeah yeah <laughs> so you could put a turkey in your beer and get some more of those, more of those really nice uh, jasmine and floral character. If you if you wanted, just some turkey squeezings? Yeah, it's coming up on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know. In fact, I wonder if if that would be an interesting experiment to just take some straight tryptophan, mm-hmm. you know, amino acids you can get at the health food store, mm-hmm. put it in your wort, and, and see, see th- if that
2: upped a certain ester.
3: Yeah, wow. that yeah. is a good idea.
2: I wonder if we got some uh, homebrewers willing to uh, knock that experiment out for us. Yeah, that's so. Well, uh, I mean, maybe can you get the other, uh, I'm sure you could get the other uh, compounds as well.
3: Oh, yeah, phenylalanine, tyrosine, yeah. Yeah, those would be really available. Why don't you
2: get me a list of what you'd want to try? Okay. We will produce some wort, and then we will dose each with, we'll have a control, and then we'll dose each uh, of the other carboys with some of these uh, enzymes.
3: Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool.
2: Or uh, these uh, amino, amino acids. acids. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, took pain uh, muscle relaxer from my <laughs> <laughs> Jacked up back, and now I can barely talk or think. Um, and if you get that to us, we could do that for you. Yeah. That would be fun. We have the AHA rally coming up as a matter of fact. Oh and yes. We we are gonna be filling some carboys with uh wort from that. And um yeah, maybe maybe we will uh we will uh get some carboys. How many would you wanna test? How many do you
3: think you could you could source? Probably I think we could probably get three or four easily enough. Yeah. Um do right. something yeah, probably four would be a good good number. Okay, right, and then a control, so five. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: we can do that. That's going to be cool. I think we should do it.
3: Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll I'll get them sent up to you.
2: All right. Sounds good. All right, and uh, mention that uh, AHA uh, rally that we're going to have at HairTech October 29th. It's free if you're an AHA member, and the good people at White Labs are again providing yeast. I tracks. Chris, and I say, Chris, I need you to give me 200 packages of yeast. he's like, well, okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just like Karen, now.
3: (laughs) Well, it's because you and he are, you know, like that. That's true.
2: No, Chris is, I think, you know, he likes supporting homebrewers. He started as a homebrewer his first products, you know, uh, and a lot of his success has been based off of homebrewers. So he loves homebrewers, and he's glad to, to give back in something like this. He's, he's, yeah. he's been awesome. Uh, well, another thing that's really awesome, I don't know if you know, they've been collecting strains, yeast strains, from around the world for more than 20 years. And, you know, they collect them, and it's it's like, you know, a Pokemon hunt. They're constantly picking up new strains <laughs> and, you know, banking them. And they, they'll do some test ferments and like, oh, this is really cool. You know, can we make a product out of it? But, um, you know, it's not available to home brewers. I mean, as a professional brewer, I could say, hey, yeah, uh, do you have something like this? You know, get it out of your vault and grow it up for me, and they will. But uh, it's not available to homers. Until now, they've got the Vault program. So you've got an opportunity to order new and creative, unique strains from White Labs that are rarely, if ever, been available um, in the marketplace. So you check out the, the full lineup of strains available by visiting whitelabs.com forward slash thevault and put your pre-order in today. You pre-order, and then if they get enough orders then they go ahead and grow it up and ship it out to everybody. If not, then, you know, you can roll that over to another one or um, you can probably get your money back, I'm sure. Uh, So, really cool. It's uh, a way for kind of crowdsourcing the homebrew market to, uh, you know, put a yeast into production. And if everybody loves it and goes, man, that's like the greatest beer I've ever made, they'd probably roll it into at least their platinum strains, if not their... uh, their, um, You know, constant uh, regular production yeast. So check it out. Let's take a short break when we come back. uh, John, I need you to wrap up your thoughts
0: on uh, esters right after this.
1: the Vault is a collection of new, creative and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to home brewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit WhiteLabs.com slash The Vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash thevault
0: to brew has never been so disgusting this is Brew Strong alright
2: we're back we're lucky that Porno Steve is alive after his horrific traffic accident
3: oh uh, yes it was I terrible, what happened? It, put it, was a terrible. Dent. it put a dent in his put a little uh, dent in my 1976
1: porn-mobile. Mercedes Pornmobile
2: <laughs> and then they drove off. Is this like the, car, the kind that Richard Gere drove in Pretty Woman? Um, sure, why not? I remember that, that movie it, yes. in any way. So. <laughs> like, sure. That's before your time. You were probably uh, not born when that movie came out. Yeah, Probably not. Ah, uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, Richard Gere and Pretty Woman, if you've got a pretty woman in your life or a pretty man, uh check out adamandeve.com use the offer code jamel j-a-m-i-l at adamandeve.com and you're gonna get 50% off almost any one item i mean they got a ton of items in there good prices put one in the cart that's 50% off then you get three free dvds you get the free power o vibrating ring and free shipping so all you're out is just the, the 50% off of one item. And I'm telling you, 50% off is truly 50% off. You're not going to get that item cheaper elsewhere. It's 50% off free shipping, free DVDs, free vibrating O-ring. Or O-vibrating ring. Not an O-ring. It's really a ring. <laughs> but not for... It is for the O, but it's not for... You know. It's, you put it on the, uh, on the shaft... And then it's for the the O there, or you could put on your fingers. You know, if you don't have a shaft, uh, you know, no, it's creative. Uh, you could put on your fingers and use it that way, or you put it on a uh, you know a a a, a prosthetic type device and use it that way. Hey, it's for everybody hi I, yeah i'm not i'm not I'm not judging here i think uh you know love between two consenting adults is a wonderful thing so go to adam and eve dot com and enhance your your love today use the offer code jamel j a m i l and uh be adventurous try try some new stuff and get some free stuff i think it's uh pretty cool so check them out adam and eve dot com all right uh john uh what's the uh What's the last word? What's the last word? What should people take away from this, um, you know, well, to, to apply to their brewing? Sure. Um,
3: okay. Put it simply, esters are a metabolic byproduct that are formed by the yeast during growth uh, when they need to eliminate excess waste. If they're growing, grown under stressful conditions, they'll generate more esters than they otherwise would. Um, Temperature uh, can uh, be part of that uh, process and, you know, cause them to generate even more esters under, say, um, high growth or or fast growth conditions. And then you have your free amino nitrogen and your work composition, your sugars composition, and that can influence the the type of esters that are formed. Mm -hmm. Uh, One example is that with... uh, very high levels of fan, say from a all malt wort um, you can have uh, most of the yeast needs uh, accommodated by your by your group A uh, amino acids, mm-hmm. and you won 't generate much of the mm-hmm. stronger smelling group B and group C uh, esters mm-hmm. um, with very low fan levels such you get in, a, in an adjunct wort uh, mm-hmm. say something can, contains a lot amount of uh, Uh, Refined sugar, something like that. Yeah, yeah, or rice, or something like Uh that. uh um, Then you will get more of these group B and C uh, uh, esters being utilized, and you get Mm -hmm. more of the banana, Mm -hmm. more of the pear, and so on, Mm -hmm. um, and and some floral. So, um, yeah, very a lot of a lot of factors at work when it comes to ester production in your Mm -hmm. beer, but uh, those are the main levers. I'm excited about this experiment we're about to do together. Yeah, me too.
2: And uh, maybe what I need to do is special make a wort that is uh, very high in adjuncts, so that we're kind of eliminating. Um... Yeah,
3: kind of give us some. Uh...
2: Although, I mean, you really want to apply it to you know traditional brewing and see what the effect is there.
3: Yeah, that's true. But you well, gotta. We do... Well, we could do. We could do. We could make that one of the four. So we mm-hmm. could do three. Uh, amino acids, and then one mm-hmm. uh, where we really cut it with sugar. Right. Well,
2: you know, just line me up as many amino acids as you can and what, they, what the theory says they should produce flavor wise. I okay. will take care of all the rest. I will, t- okay. you know, we'll, we'll try it in a standard kind of word. Um, one, you know, maybe maybe an IPA where we're using some dextrose, maybe an 8% or something like that where we're using some dextrose to dry it out. Okay. And then um maybe I'll also make just like a honey, I'll make a mead of some kind with just uh, honey and um you know we'll see if we can, you know, tweak it that way.
3: Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting to add some group A's or uh, right. one more group B's to mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. some to honey. Right. Yeah, that'd be interesting.
2: Right, instead of uh, just a yeast nutrient, we could use some of these uh, amino acids as
3: well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be really cool. <laughs> cool. Banana mead. Interesting. Banana mead. I, I think the, the
2: pear, some of these other flavors sound a lot better sure. than uh, sure. banana. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, good job, John. I think uh, you uh, really kind of uh, delve deep into esters.
3: Yeah, well, I've fortunately, there's some really good papers out there that are easy to pull from. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and thank you, Matt, uh, for uh, suggesting uh, we do the show. I think it was it was yeah. really good. I got another great suggestion uh, at uh, at JBF that we should do a cask show. Oh yeah! So how to do all the cask stuff? How to set up casks, How to ferment them? How to you know prep them? How to serve them? All that yeah. stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, I we got to. We've got a bunch of good cask brewers down here in Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And we do casks at, at Heretic every day. We have a cask on. Well, so there uh, I could bring in my guy, and, and we could have uh, quite, the, quite the series of shows, I think. Yeah, Be a lot that's a good idea. All right. Cool. Uh, I think if you like this show, you should be emailing John Blickman right now. Send it to feedback at com. At least go to the website. Check out their stuff there. It's a great company. Been around a long time. And really focused on just creating satisfied homebrewers that can, that can crank out... Uh, You know, uh, great beers using uh, really cool equipment. So check them out, blickmanengineering.com. They've been wonderful to us. They've been wonderful to you. So in turn, be wonderful to them. Another way you can contribute is uh, by emailing your show suggestions or, or questions, Q&A, to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. You can participate in the show by logging in, going to thebrewingnetwork.com and, and the uh, chat now, and you can participate in the show. The lovely Bebo is uh, there to uh, kind of moderate and get your questions asked from us. So uh, that's another fun way to do it. And go to thebrewingnetwork.com. Go slash buy some cool gear there all of it goes to the bottom line of the brewing network so until then everybody brew strong
3: brew strong